those are those moments that are just very exciting for me. Like you're saying with the, the show don't tell, like I didn't know those moments existed in the conversation before I started trying things like that. My name is Dan Cable and I am the host of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Hey, it's Evo, and this is Three Clips, a Castos original. As always, our goal with Three Clips is to demystify the creative process behind great podcasts and to inspire greater creativity in your work. To help with that, today I'm chatting with Dan Cable, host of the podcast Dan Cable Presents. I'm excited to talk to Dan because his show's format is a staple in podcasting, the long-form interview. On the show, Dan interviews musicians, artists, and industry folks, many of which come from the Pacific Northwest where Dan resides. But Dan does more than just simply interview people. As you'll hear, Dan's show has evolved over the nearly 300 episodes he's produced since 2015. Dan brings a very relatable, casual energy to his episodes, but with some added flourishes. I know you're going to love it. Three Clips is a Castos original series. Castos helps podcasters like you host amazing shows and monetize premium content, all within our easy-to-use podcast dashboard. If you're looking for a team to help get your next podcast project off the ground, look no further than Castos Productions. Hey, we help make this show, too. Email us, hello at castos.com, with any questions, or visit 3clipspodcast.com slash castos for more information. And now, here's my conversation with Dan Cable of the podcast Dan Cable Presents. I want to start this conversation, Dan, with a conversation, not a conversation, but with a comment that one of your listeners left for you as a review of your podcast about two years ago. And here's what they said. I'm reading. Dan Cable Presents is nothing short of an amazing dive into the inner workings of creatives' minds. This podcast has a crash course of how to conduct an interview, how to evoke a deeper conversation with artists and their world perspective and experiences, all the while still having fun and keeping everyone feeling warm and welcome. End quote. And that's precisely why we wanted to talk with you on three clips today, Dan. We're going to get a little bit meta here with this as, you know, I'm talking to you about your creative processes of interviewing people about their creative processes, but I'm going to try and keep our conversation as inception free as I possibly can. And I'm going to ask, start with this question. What is your criteria for choosing guests? Um, Well, first, thank you to whoever left that kind review. Those were uh, (laughs) very kind words, but uh, you know, I think from the beginning of, of starting this podcast six years ago and booking it myself the entire time, I've never asked anybody outside of myself to help me book the show, but it's always been about wanting to talk to people who I genuinely cared about their music or understood their ability as a musician. It just never really made sense to me to uh, to talk with people whose music or art that I didn't didn't really resonate with me. I just always kind of felt like that was hopefully gonna bring about the best conversation if the people who were listening knew that I was genuinely interested in this person and just kind of getting to be in and out of the music business. I know it's it's quite often the experience of musicians 
specifically to go on these radio shows or interviews where maybe the host doesn't even really know who they are and and they kind of just run through this stock list of questions. So I think that the criteria is who connects with me, you know, whose music really makes me feel something and makes me interested in wanting to know where it comes from. You know, I've said for years that the most important listener that you should keep in mind for your podcast is you. Because, you know, if you are not enjoying your podcast, if, if it's not, you're not doing it for you, then why are you doing it, really? So that's so that, that's an excellent answer. Now, we've got three different clips we're going to play, and then we'll talk about some specific production questions when we get in there. But a few more high-level things before I get into that. Now, first of all, you're producing what is ostensibly a regional show. Your focus is around the Pacific Northwest, but you're doing it on a global platform local or of local interest podcasts aren't anything new. I mean, heck, I was the host of the Bangkok podcast when I lived there a few years ago. But your show bridges the gap between regional, your sponsors that I listen to, they're regional, and then talking with artists who aren't only in the Pacific Northwest. How do you how do you bridge that gap? Well, you know what? I think originally I moved to Portland, Oregon about nine, ten years ago, and I just really wanted to get myself involved in the music scene somehow and a lot of it in the beginning was was me playing music myself at open mics and through that I discovered all of these amazing musicians and having having wanted to start a podcast and always been interested in broadcasting since I was a kid I finally felt like I I found something that was interesting to myself um, and in maybe spotlighting some of these open micers that I were meeting, that I was meeting, that were writing these songs that seem to be speaking to me, and from there it kind of developed into talking with the the bands in the Portland area that had a little more clout, and you know were playing the the bigger music venues, and uh, I thought it was very cool to just kind of spotlight this Pacific Northwest scene, and started kind of expanding into the Seattle area but I think as you know as a music fan myself I always had aspirations to make the show bigger and kind of try to maybe hopefully get to talk to some of these people that I had on my bucket list of musicians that have really changed my life or inspired me in ways and that uh you know, so there was a there was a pretty big list there of, of bands outside of the region and artists outside of the region that I always wanted to talk to. So I think, man, the local scene just really those first fifty to a hundred that are so so Pacific Northwest focused. You know, those were that was my opportunity to really learn like what this show was and get my feet under me as an interviewer and really I think got me ready hopefully to have these conversations with artists that were working on a more national or international levels you know it became this thing where I wasn't talking to just the artists that still had day jobs I was talking to the folks that were touring around the world playing their music so um, I think it's been 
important for me to try to figure out, um, especially during the pandemic was a big opportunity to reach outside of the region just since I was doing everything over zoom anyhow. So I think that that was, uh, you know, that shifted the focus outside of the Northwest a lot. And now I'm trying to make sure that, you know, there are still Pacific Northwest local artists included in the rotation that is happening, but also understanding that, you know, the larger fish that I can get on the show, if I can really build up a bigger following that way, that means that there will be a, hopefully like a truer bump for these more local artists um, that are coming on the show. Yeah, it, it makes sense, you know, build, build the audience up with the larger talent you have, but then suddenly the locals that you have are going to be heard by a lot more people because, you know, music is heard. I believe you can listen to music with the internet, right? That's still legal. <laughs> we can still do that. So, you know, that, that that's a good thing. I personally would argue that podcasting is trending toward more complicated and more produced sounding shows. However, and I say this without a shred of irony or scorn, the episode of Dan Cable Presents that we're going to focus on today seems fairly, I'll use the word straightforward. There's, there's some setup, there's the interview, and then there's also clips of music played that are germane to the conversation at hand. So my question is, do you feel the pressure to do something more complicated as podcasting evolves, or do you like the format you've laid forth thus far? You know, I really like where I'm at with things. And I'll tell you, Evo, when I first started this podcast, it was really important to me that we actually recorded this conversation and that there was no editing done to it originally. You know, that whatever was in there, the us, the, the dead air where somebody was trying to think of an answer to something i i for some reason i wanted all of that in there because i felt like it um you know it was real there was some authenticity to it and i was pretty i was very about that for a while and again when the pandemic hit and we started and i started doing everything a little bit more over zoom i just wanted to figure out how to how to make these conversations flow in a way that was enjoyable for the listener and, you know, and all of the, all of the hurdles that were kind of faced at that time of, of trying to figure that all out. And that was actually when I became a little more loose with my structure of the show. I used to only play, there used to only be three songs shared through the whole show and there would be one at the top of the show one somewhere in the middle where I would actually do a music break with whomever I was talking to and one to play it out with. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you start doing something for five or six years and I think you, you want to, you want it to evolve. And I started doing a lot of the editing and producing of the show myself during that, these last two years. And I got really excited about adding music in just in these uh, these areas of the conversation that made sense when we were talking about a particular song as you're gonna maybe hear later in in these these clips you're gonna play of let's uh, let's add a little bit more production let's make it more um, enjoyable to listen to and to speak to your point earlier um, 
me listening back and putting these together what was like making me feel something when i was listening to it and i just think that there was a lot of power in putting some of those those musical breaks there and and just realizing that it doesn't need to be so punk rock in the sense of uh keeping all the the us and those things in there because really i'm i'm still not doing much editing to the actual conversation that we're having i'm just trying to present it in a way that has the most flow and and feels the best there's not a there's never a manipulation of words said you know i'm not moving pieces of the conversation around you know so i think it it's uh it's that spirit so as as far as having pressure to to even go more complicated with what i'm doing now i'm i'm just like pretty happy with where it's at and i still always even though there is some editing i want it to feel like this authentic conversation that i had with this person Well, let's get into these clips since the name of the show is Three Clips. I don't want to do too much on the preamble stuff here. Now, we've pulled all three of these from the 280th episode of your show. It's an interview, a long interview, with Brandy Zdan. Zdan. There should be like a a vowel in there. I'm going to go (laughs) Zdan. She's a singer-songwriter that's currently based out of Nashville. Um, One of the critical skills I think that any podcast interviewer has to develop or should develop is putting your guests at ease. And and that's sometimes guests aren't comfortable at all talking in front of a microphone like we are. I imagine for you, it's different with musicians who are used to at least singing into a microphone, but still it's a different process, you know? And and I think as, as a podcaster, unless you're going for an antagonistic interview, which no one should do or view people actually should do, uh, that's, that's never a good idea. So um, putting people at ease is the idea here. Let, let's listen in as you develop that rapport with your guest in this very first clip. Stuart? And, and I think maybe it has to do with the, the weight of the content that comes out over a course of a career, or at least with yours, you know, this, you, that uh, you weren't singing about the same things you were singing about as a teenager as you are with, you know, the Falcon record and the weight that comes with all of that. So I'm, I'm assuming that has to do with it a little bit too, but did you ever feel from the beginning that there was uh, something like special or scary about being that vulnerable with your feelings? Well, honestly there, when you have, when you have a baby, there's something that is, all of the vulnerability is like blown open. So aside from any artistry or songwriting, you are probably at your most vulnerable place that you ever are at in your life in those first, um, that like first few days, the first few weeks, and then the first few months. And you are, you are this raw, um, It's, it's really, I feel like I've, I was the closest that I'll ever be to feeling like an animal. (laughs) So (laughs) if that, if that makes sense, like a raw animalistic sort of, I am here to make this, this being survive. And this is my like task. Doing that 
well, and I think you do it well, comes from having empathy with the person that you're talking to. My question is, is that something that comes natural to you? Or do you have to really dig deep into your guests and spend hours agonizing over how to ask them questions in just the right way? Mm. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, I think it's maybe, it's a mixture of a couple different things. I think I am naturally pretty empathetic. I think, uh, yeah, I think I have my mom to attribute a lot for that. I think there's always, uh, both my parents really, there's always a lot of different kinds of people rolling, rolling through the house as I was growing up. And, uh, I think my, my mom was, I don't know. She always seemed to be pretty engaged in these, these deeper level conversations and people sharing a lot of vulnerability. So I think that always had an impact on me. And those are always the conversations that, that left an impact on me. But I think the, the second part of it is that I think there's so much vulnerability, especially when I'm talking to a singer songwriter, such as Brandy Zidane, there's, there's so much vulnerability that she's already put out there for me through her music. So if I just listen and pay attention, I'm going to get so much out of it. And I think that's where hopefully I'm able to help put people at ease if we're going to get into some heavier subject matter. And I think that, uh, you know, going back to what I was talking about as far as the artists coming on the show that maybe have these regular encounters with people that, that don't really know their music too much. I think it's always comforting for the people I'm talking to, to know that I actually did put in the time to listen to this music and that that's where those questions come from. Like I can't ask a spe- like a question, a question this specific if I didn't listen to this record twice before we got on the mics or listen to this song 10 times before we got on the mics. I'm going to stay focused on this concept of the art of the interview because I think you do a great job at it. And this time, though, I'm, I'm just going to play the second clip and we'll just let it roll first and I'll come back with a question. Go ahead and roll that, Stuart. And just the, something that has feel and heart to you. What was it like for you to go make that that self-titled record? And what do you remember about making that one? Because I enjoy a lot of the jams on there, especially only the sad songs is, is so killer. Mm, thank you. Thank you. That that was, um, I actually think that was a little scarier to dive into solo life with that record. Um, I had met the producer, Teddy Morgan, who is still a close friend of mine and sort of musical brother. When I met him, I knew he was the right person to make the record with, and I felt safe enough, and I also thought his sound palette was interesting. And in Nashville, you can work, you can, I think there's people that, singer-songwriters, especially women, where there are a lot of producers that will just put 
the same sort of normal ass stuff around you and you will just sound so fucking generic. And I knew early on that that was not what I was going to do. Of course, having an ear for production and sort of, and sounds. So I was looking for someone that was going to be like creating a band, like, you know. There's an old adage in communication and it's simply this, show, don't tell. Even on audio, right? You show, don't tell. You could have said, hey, look, I really dig your song, Only Sad Songs, and then talk to Brandy about it, but instead you decided to show it by playing the song as you talked to her about it. So that question, how do you find the balance and not just play every single song on an <laughs> album and say, tell me about it? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, those moments, those like going back to changing the format of the show and being more willing to, you know, insert music at any time. Like those are, those are those moments that are just very exciting for me. Like you're saying with the, the show don't tell, like I didn't know those moments existed in the conversation before I started trying things like that. You know, these opportunities to put the music in there at that spot where, you know, there is a clear example. I think I, you know, often since I am talking to people that whom I enjoy, it would be a situation where I could talk to them about every single song on a record. And, but I think it's, for me, it's about finding the ones that are maybe like the most important to me or have resonated the heaviest or I think has the most interesting musical things happening and kind of trying to target in on some of those songs and and ask them what was happening during that time I think uh it's you know I, I try to stay away from this question of what inspired this um, and right. try to, you get your yeah, I want to lean, lean more towards <laughs> what were you going through when you wrote this? Yeah. And also, was it hard for you to put it out there? You know, not just what was, you know, the, the main inspiration for it. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more interesting questions that come out of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I want to go back what you just said a moment ago. You, you don't know that those moments are going to happen right? When there's that right opportunity. And, and I think this is something that podcasters who are new to the craft, especially when they're interviews or trying to get stuff out quickly, don't realize is that I'm going to bet, Dan, that while you are recording Brandy, having that very intimate moment, the first thought inside of your head was, dude, I'm going to play the music <laughs> under this bed. No, you were there in the moment with her. However, when your brain is doing a different thing, when you're in that editing portion of your brain and you're going through and you're listening, you probably had this aha moment, like, holy cow, this, this would be a great place to put that track because it is so slow and plodding and that this works with the whole thing. And I think people miss that as, as early stage podcasters. Do you think you miss some of those in, in your first 50 episodes? Oh, absolutely. I mean again, going back to that structure thing, I was so caught up on those things that I wasn't even, there was no, not even room for that a lot of the times. So, and going back into editing now, I mean, that's really when I'm getting to listen 
to the conversation for the first time myself 100% in that space because it's always this balancing act of I'm listening, but I'm also trying to figure out how to guide this conversation and I'm trying to figure out what what questions are important to the conversation after it's gotten started because, you know, it starts off with a lot of notes for each episode. There's tons of notes. There are some things to rely on if necessary, but ultimately, like, the best conversations are the ones where the only time I'm looking at the notes is to make sure I'm saying the correct song title or something. But, you know, if we're <laughs> if we're diverting right. from the notes, I'm usually I feel really good about the conversation. And so not getting caught up in any sort of agenda for myself is what's, I guess, pretty important and uh, makes the moment special after when I can when I can find ways to make this moment that was captured between us even better and uh often those those music breaks are just great ways to segue into other things too and those those moments weren't possible until i started doing more production to the show Let's jump into clip number three. Now, I want you, dear listener, paying close attention to the sound design on this one. Stuart? And I made reference mixes for my mixer, Josh Grains, who is an incredible guitar player and steel guitar player um, and sound engineer as well. And he did an incredible job. And you would never know that it's it was recorded in my tiny laundry room in my old house. You'd never know it. And I'm like... I'm, I'm not afraid to say that either. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think it's pretty rad that you were able to do that because the record sounds great. You would have no idea if you told me you recorded that in the the you know the most well respected studio in in the world. I would have been like, yeah, cool. But you did it in your your bedroom or your bathroom and got got the same <laughs> the same vibes out of it. So once again, great use of the song to tail that into that conversation and make a nice long music only break between the next part. I mean, that, that's just great sound design. Now, you have an advantage over a lot of other podcasters, and that is I'm assuming Brandy owns the rights to her music or has some influence over her label to let her let you use them although i don't know i think i could probably make a fair use argument right but we're not going to get yeah. into legal conversations i don't i don't think that matters yeah you know it's uh i think i do have the advantage of i'm gonna get a little less hassle or people kind of wondering about that because i'm i'm talking to these people who willingly came on the show i'm not necessarily doing some radio show where i'm just playing a few songs which i've done that in the past but it's all been with independent artists who have been given the permission so yeah i get i get a little help on that side of things that's for sure 
what I really want to know about is how much time do you spend with your guests' discography, if you will, looking for those what I'll call bed music bits. What's going to sound nice underneath? How, how much effort do you go through and do that? Uh, I think that's where most of my preparation lies. You know, it's probably, I mean, it obviously depends on how big that discography is. Right. So like w- with Brandy, she has quite a few records. She, I think she has four full length LPs. So if I can, I'll listen to all of it. But I think another important thing is to like, let's mostly focus on the most recent work because that's what these people are excited about. And I want to dive into that, but I want reference for it. So, um, you know, I spend most of just a lot of time listening to the tunes and making notes while I'm while I'm listening and, and seeing what pops up and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's ours. I mean, it's, it's with, with anybody that I'm talking to, I've probably listened at minimum to your music for at least four hours, if not 10 to 15, depending on how long I had to know that I was going to chat with these people. I guess the advantage there is that, since I am fans of this music, it's probably already in my rotation. However, you know, Brandy was someone I didn't know who Brandy Zidane was before her music was passed to me. And that probably happened a couple weeks before that conversation. So with her, it was a brand new experience. And, and again, that's another one of those things is, yeah, people, you know, I'm on many people's PR list of people to send their music now so i i get music that way but again it's like what stands out to me and and brandy's music and when i when i got to hear her story a little bit before talking to her like what her music was about it was just kind of one of those no-brainer things for me of yeah of course i want to talk to this person and uh so yeah it's it's a lot of time i guess it's upwards of 10 hours probably with each episode that I'm just listening to this music and I mean that's that's what makes it hopefully makes these conversations good and is that I can reference these these moments in in the albums and and not every single episode is this deep dive into production you know sometimes we're just talking about what you know, what was going on with somebody while they were making the record. So, well, as a follow-up to, to what you just said right there, have there ever been times now that you're in the new higher production mode level, um, have there been times where the creator's content doesn't really work to be added to the episode? I, I don't know that that would ever be the case, but oh, yeah. tell me. Yeah, I mean, so recently I had a local producer, music composer from Portland, Oregon by the name of brother vs. robot. And you know, he doesn't currently have a record that's out yet, but I, I just really like the music that he's making and he does a bunch of live stream stuff. And I had seen him perform live in Portland at a couple places and he's played in numerous bands throughout the years. So, I mean, that was a situation where there wasn't really any music to play during the episode but 
the unique thing with that one is I was with him in the room and at the end of the episode I was able to have him do an improvised seven to ten minutes at the tail end of the episode sweet so you adapted to what the situation was all right well we can't do what i normally have done but that's cool i've got a creator in the room with me uh do something yeah <laughs> be creative let's capture that. Okay. and uh, yeah again you know just shake things up and don't be too tied to the structure i guess and just let things uh yeah deal with what you've got i guess Look, I'm I'm a big fan a big fan of outlines and interview questions and whatever else. But the cool thing is that interview, those questions will always be there if you want to meander somewhere else for a while. You can always come right back and get to them. So uh, no, that's definitely a good thing. Um, Dan, before we go, anything that you want to talk about that I didn't ask you already? Just in general, just encourage anybody that has an idea to pursue it and put it out there because you just never know who's listening and I honestly doing this for six years this podcast has changed my life so much and just my perspective because I've been pushed to often be in a conversation every single week with a stranger and I think that has just changed my communication skills drastically but it's also just widen my perspective like you asked about that empathy question earlier I, I think my empathy is probably increased just from doing this show and tapping into that that vulnerability so uh yeah just just go after things you know A big thanks to Dan for sharing his creative process behind Dan Cable Presents with me today. As I said at the top of the show, the long-form interview concept is popular among podcasters. But as Dan shows, even a simple format can still benefit from some love and attention in post-production. You can get all of the episodes of Dan Cable Presents, over 300 of them, at the show's website, dancablepresents.com, or just follow the link in the episode details. I have been and shall be your host for this season, Evo Terra. Thank you so much for listening. You can find all of the episodes of Three Clips on our website, threeclipspodcast.com. And you can support the show by telling a few dozen of your closest friends. Again, that's threeclipspodcast.com. This episode was produced and edited by Stuart Barefoot. Theme music was created by Tyler Litwin. Matt Medeiros is the executive producer of Three Clips. If you can't get enough of me, follow me on Twitter, where I'm at EvoTerra. And if you're a serious podcaster with an interest in making podcasting better, please check out my daily short-form podcast called Podcast Pontifications. You can find it at podcastpontifications.com. Three Clips is a Castos original series. You can learn more at castos.com. All of these links are in the episode details. And now, our bonus segment. Each episode, we ask our guests for a podcast they'd recommend that isn't at the top of the charts, a show they'd like to show some love to. We call this segment, Play It Forward. I listen to a lot of hockey podcasts. I'm a big hockey fan. So 32 Thoughts is a, a podcast I often 
listen to and I just really like Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman are just very great role models for broadcast professionals for sure. And that wraps up another episode of Three Clips, a Castos original, hosted by me, Evo Terra. I truly believe that one of the best ways we can make podcasting better is by understanding what goes on inside the heads of our fellow podcasters. Thanks for joining me this season. It's been a true pleasure. Cheers! <laughs>